I decided to invite my old college friends over to my house for a little get together because we hadn't seen each other in however long. But what once was a prank quickly turns into a tragic event and we're left to dispose of someone's body. Now, that's definitely not my story, but that is the story of the movie I'm talking about this week. Hello, my lovely cinephiles. I hope you've had a great week so far, and I hope it's ending on a good note now that you're listening to this episode, or if you're listening to it on a Monday or a Tuesday or a Wednesday. Either way, whatever part of the week you're listening to this, I hope it brightens your week. Now, this month has been off to a great start with some movies, particularly horror movies. As you know, I love my horror movies. Um, But even you have Bullet Train, you had Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. You can now find the sequel of that, you know, when did it come out? I think it came out in like 2009, Orphan. Um, That was a great movie when it came out. And now the sequel is on Paramount Plus or Peacock, one of the two. Um, Black Phone was released onto Peacock only. So if you weren't able to see that in theaters, you can now watch it at home if you do have Peacock. So this is a great month for movies, and it's only going to get better as we get into September. So I'm very, very excited um, to be talking about those and reviewing those for you all. But this week and for this episode, we are actually going to be covering an indie film. The lovely crew behind this movie has been so patient in waiting for me to finally watch and uh, review this movie, so I appreciate their patience. Um, It is my first request in terms of, you know, they made this movie and they want me to review it. And you know what? That, I hold that with the highest regard because it means a lot um, that, you know, you've listened to my stuff. You think it's, you, you think that I am capable enough to review your material. And so I'm a little nervous to attack this, but I'm going headfirst. <laughs> I approached this um, reviewing process as um, indie films are don't usually have quite the budget that you know big big productions in Hollywood have. Um, their resources might be a little bit more limited in terms of finding the actors, finding the production um, team, you know, actually shooting the film, editing the film. I really had to kind of double back on the way that I typically review films because I don't just want to like fully violently attack this movie because I can't sit here and approach it the same way that I would bullet train because they're they're in two different types of categories, you know? So with that being said, I will go ahead and give the synopsis. This is going to be a spoiler-filled episode, as usual. So if you don't want it spoiled, if you haven't watched it, I would click off now. Um, Or if you don't care about it being spoiled, if you have watched it, continue to listen. And, And I hope that I make your brain big. This week's film that we are talking about is Good Old Friends. It was released November of 2020, um, and the directors are Peter Condra and Michael Shalock. 
I hope I pronounced that right. It was written by Peter Condra and both of them starred in this movie as well. Peter Condra played Pete and then um, Michael Shalek played Mike in the movie. And uh, well, if you've seen it, you would know he doesn't last very long. But nonetheless, props to you <laughs> for directing and filming. Good Old Friends is about three good old friends <laughs> um, who reunite after like five years of not seeing each other. Uh, they went to college together. They, you know, graduated, went off, did their separate things. And now that they're all together in Berlin, they kind of realize just how much things have changed uh, with them and with their friendship. And so alcohol is involved, drugs are involved, and a harmless little prank quickly ends in a tragic event, murder, and then two of them are left trying to figure out, okay, what do we do with this dead body? How do we get rid of it? So that's a very, very quick synopsis of this film. Now, it is listed as a drama slash thriller. I, when the crew behind the movie initially reached out to me and asked me to review it. I was like, yeah, sure. And, you know, I read the synopsis and it sounded pretty familiar, I'll say. Usually with films like that where you, you know, you read the synopsis and you're like, oh, okay, like I've seen this before. There's always usually some sort of twist that you're like, hmm, yeah, I've seen this before, but not in this way <laughs> or not this version. Um, and... So this film is no different. First and foremost, I loved the literary aspect. Um, that was probably one of my favorite parts because me being a writer junkie, um, I really enjoy looking deeper into things, looking into the sim symbolism and the foreshadowing and everything like that. And now I don't know how much of this is intentional or not, but like we've talked about before I look deeper into things and you know maybe maybe I should but at the very end of the movie um they are on this lake trying to dispose of Michael's body and so you know they're in a boat obviously and then they both kill each other Pete and Mark, a cigarette from Pete's mouth falls onto the boat and it catches the boat on fire. And so the very last shot that you get of the movie is of a boat on fire on this lake. And so the symbolism of boats is typically some sort of journey that you're going through, right? Because a boat is a vehicle. A boat is a way to get from point A to point B. And so when you sail, like, you know, in movies, books, um, TV, when somebody sails, like, the sea, it means, like, they're on their way to a journey, to a destination. And for this boat to be on fire, it's kind of like, okay, so this is the end of the journey. This is the end of the road. Especially because this lake that they're on isn't just any old lake. It's not just a lake that they happen to stumble upon. No, it's a lake that they used to go to all the time. They called it their lake. And it's kind of foreshadowed in the beginning when there's a painting of the lake on Mark's wall. And, you know, Michael's like, oh, you know, is this our lake? And he's like, yeah. So they talk about it, whatever. So for this boat being on fire 
on their lake, it's kind of like, all right, this is this is the end of their friendship. They both die anyways, but all throughout the movie, you have this kind of like mm, underlying feeling. You have this, you just have this hunch that their friendship is not as strong as you want to believe. Um, and there's really no like context for it to be a, for it to be a strong friendship. The, mo- the moment that Michael arrives in Berlin, Mark is just kind of like acting weird. And, uh, you know, Peach just very, they're all just so uncoordinated. <laughs> um, like Pete's supposed to pick up Michael at the airport. He's not there. And then Mark is at work and Mark can't even like hang out with Michael because Mark has to work and then he leaves work early. And then when he sees Michael, he kind of like does this awkward hug and is so like standoffish. So it's really, really weird. And then, you know, as you go through and like follow these characters, more and more starts to um, unveil in terms of their friendship and the strength of it. And you realize that they're really not that they're not as close as they once were and you almost feel like maybe they're trying to fight off the distance that is you know kind of pushing itself in between them and what they once had and so for this boat to be on the lake on fire it's kind of like now we're all understanding now we're all on the same page like you can't avoid it anymore like this was the end of your friendship and say they had survived the you know they hadn't stabbed each other they had survived but the boat was on fire on the lake whatever they probably would part their ways and never speak again so i really liked i I felt like that was one of the strongest aspects in terms of making a full circle you know we love our full circle moments going back to what i was just talking about a little bit there um before i move on to the rest of my likes and later my dislikes it, it does seem that Mark and his friends are struggling to transition to this responsible adult lifestyle. And I, I have this feeling that Mark just kind of resents that. You know, they say it's been so long and in like the movie description, it says five years. So you already see that these characters are kind of growing apart. And then once they all are together, Michael and Peter are partaking in drugs and heavy drinking, just like they would have in college. But Mark has to finish some work assignment, right? And he's like in the kitchen, separate from them. Whenever they're having a good time and being loud, like he goes and he yells at them and like is just such a party pooper, first of all. Really, there's there's nothing that creates a friendship between these guys besides their few references to college. Like, they don't really reference anything else in terms of what's happened in the past five years. They only talk about their college experience together. And even, like, the first time we see Peter and Mark together is when they're hiding um, Michael's body. So, like, the banter that should come across as lighthearted doesn't really translate that way they just seem angry at each other they seem at least with mark mark just kind of seems like all this whole thing was one big inconvenience it kind of reminds me of super dark times in a way because 
of this, you know, theme of friendship, but this friendship is growing apart. And as any, you know, normal human, we try to um, stop natural things like that from happening because we don't want things to end and we think that the end of things is always going to be bad um and so even when in super dark times you know you had that friend battle at the very end with this with the sword and so those are kind of parallels in that sense um and I, i really liked that part or that aspect Um, Another like that I had was that there truly is no good character. Um, You see each of their flaws, except for Michael, because Michael died. (laughs) But Mark off off rip was already kind of an unlikable character. And, uh, you know, I'll talk more in depth about him in a second. But between Peter drugging Mark and lying about it, pretending like it never happened, like keeping it from him, first of all, that was terrible. That was a terrible life choice. Um, And yeah, nothing more to say on that. And then Mark is just overall a hater. He's just a terrible, like he's terrible energy to have around. He like, he's just one of those friends who like holds on to all of this resentment and all of this anger towards someone until it all of a sudden just blows up and that's exactly what happens in the end and we do have um like a little bit of a dynamic um like a dynamic change within peter specifically uh peter's in the bathroom and he goes to take drugs i don't even know what drug it was to be honest but he goes to take some sort of drug and he double he like thinks about it and then he just quickly like disposes of it and so we see that and we're like okay like he's there's some sort of emotional change mental change going on within him but even with mark it's like is he did he change at some point was his little rant at the end his you know character change or his character evolvement i really don't think so because he was a hater and he's still a hater so but If you think he changed, by all means, believe that. Teach their own. Now, speaking of Mark, I felt like his character was very thought out. He was so unlikable with no redeemable qualities. And I can only really think of a few movies with protagonists like that. Even though he never states like his discontent with his friends outright you understand that almost from the get-go like his first scene with michael it's so awkward and you think it's because they haven't seen each other in a while and whatever but like even as you go further and further into the movie it's like there's never a moment of like genuine comfort or laughter or anything um and you know the crew behind this film on their social media they'll post like inspiration and for for certain scenes and certain frames and um like the story itself which is super cool by the way you should definitely check it out um and i'll link it in the show notes but hangover is one of the inspirations for a lot of stuff in the movie and so even in hangover you know you have all these people who get together after being apart for some time because life just gets busy 
and they're still having a good time. No matter how much time has passed, they're still having a good time. And that's why I think that you can see this change or like you can see the difference in good old friends versus a movie like The Hangover is, you know, you know when to recognize true friends who like shared such a significant part of their life together life got in the way but once they're together they're there you know and so with good old friends it just doesn't happen that way mark seems to have some sort of resentment almost about his friends spending their time leisurely because his work consumes him Peter and Michael seem to have the time and the space to, you know, act the way that they want, to do the drugs they want, drink the alcohol they want, um, you know, what, whatever else they wanted to do, all leisurely. But while they're doing that in one room, Mark is stuck doing work in the other room. And it's like, it seemed that his anger when like he came into the room and he blew up on them and yelled at them it almost seemed like there was more to his anger than just like him being distracted i think it was more more so equal to at least um that he just wished that he could partake in those things and this is a concept that kind of comes up when you just talk about growing old really taking on more responsibility being an adult because there are certain things that you wish that you could partake in that you know you might have done at some point in your life you had such a great time but now you're looking five six years later and you just have no you have no desire to do those things it's kind of it's like a double-edged sword i guess you could say and so you see this kind of um like you see this battle inside mark where it's like yeah he wants to have a good time but maybe that's just not his idea of a good time anymore he wishes he could do those things because he sees how much fun you know Michael and Peter are having but that's just not what he wants to do like you know he grabbed a few beers when they went to the store he's like oh yeah let's get these few beers they're like and a bottle of Jack and he was like whoa the hard stuff whoa and he's like kind of it almost seems like maybe he's disappointed because he's like this is this was not my idea of a good like I don't want to get completely like I don't want to black out I don't want to get completely wasted to where like I can't remember what happened tomorrow I you know I still have work tomorrow those kind of things as contradictory as it might sound (laughs) as unlikable Mark was I liked how his character contributed to the story speaking of how unlikable Mark is as a character you know There were a lot of things that I didn't like about him, but when you sum it up in this short sentence, he's a workaholic with a bad attitude who took his friend's girlfriend. I mean, there are, and he, and then he killed that same friend. You took his girlfriend and then you killed him. So how much worse can it truly get? Like how I, yeah, no, like that really, yeah, that takes the cake for me. Now, moving on to the last like on my list, I kept it to four likes and four dislikes to balance it out. Um, So yeah, for my final like on the list, I really did enjoy the depiction of two people who truly had no idea what they were doing. The way that they had no plan, 
and we're just driving around aimlessly and uncoordinated. It was almost the opposite of those movies in Hollywood where the protagonists already seem to know how to deal with the situation at hand. They might have their moment of like, okay, 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 okay. I, what, what just happened? Like they might be in distress, whatever, but at the same time they get it together. But with this movie, it literally like they had an idea of what to do. They went to that idea, whether it was the police or, you know, like the morgue or whatever. And that didn't work out. So they had to figure out something else and they had to figure figure out something else. But in especially in modern day, modern day horror movies and thriller movies, it's like the protagonist is like, oh, like, you know, make sure you wash your hands, wash your shirt, um, you know, we have to think of a way to dispose the body, if we walk outside with it rolled up in a rug, that's too obvious, like, stuff like that, you know? But Peter literally tracked Michael's blood through the house with his socks. He stepped in the blood with his socks and then proceeded to walk around the house with them um what like the entire time i was watching this movie uh i was just kind of thinking like oh my god like i'm i was kind of stressed out because of just how like unknowledgeable they were i just feel like if you watch any sort of horror movie thriller movie or you like you know watch true crime and you listen to the way people talk about crime scenes you at least have some sort of idea you know like make sure you wipe all your fingerprints make sure I, i'm not gonna sit here and i'm not gonna sit here and walk through the steps of clearing a crime scene i took a class on it i'm not gonna share that knowledge with y'all because that's dangerous but i think that's where a lot of my connection with the movie was i truly was stressed that you know they might get caught or because they were just leaving so many trails and they were running into situations that you know like they would run into someone who they would know and you know they would get stuck in a conversation and it's like oh my goodness what and it you know if it, it was convenient for the storyline but convenience always isn't bad i'm not opposed to convenience because if it helps your story get along who am I to tell you no? Now, I will say they were uncoordinated and they were all over the place. And yet I feel like their emotional reaction to Michael dying just wasn't there. Like even, I don't know, it just, it was, it was a weird, it was a weird tone for the movie. I'll get into my dislikes because I'm, I talk about that a little bit in my dislikes. The first thing on my list, or the first thing on my dislike list um, is talking about the cinematography. So there were times where I felt a little disconnected from the characters and narrative because of the cinematography, which we were, I was just talking about a little bit. But the thing that really made me put this down was I felt like there were reaction shots that we were robbed from. When Peter stops Mark from going to the police, it kind of just happens with no leading up shot. And so I remember watching it and I was thinking, you know, did they not talk about this before? Did they not plan on plan on going to the police? And because if it wasn't a discussion before and Mark just parked outside the police station and started walking up, 
I can definitely see Peter just kind of like stopping him and pulling him back. But we didn't really see any of Peter's reaction before he pulled Mark. And I feel like that's an important shot to show um, to further connect with the character and kind of see where the character's morals and values lie, you know? Um, But even, even with the character's emotions themselves, I feel like when... Michael first died, you know, Peter was, Peter was distraught. Mark was kind of stone-faced. Um, he didn't really show a lot of emotion, which makes sense because we later find out that he really didn't even like Michael, apparently. But I feel like even if you see a dead body, like, if you kill someone on top of seeing a dead body right in front of you, that's traumatic. I feel like for anybody, And so I just feel like some of the conversations that they were having while trying to hide this dead body just kind of didn't match the tone. Um, And even with like the, the scoring for the movie, it didn't really enhance the tone by much. Um, The music to the scene of them walking around the city it didn't really seem to fit the tone. Um, neither did the music attached to the cleaning scene. I felt like that was such an odd tonal change. I'm pretty sure the cleaning scene was right after the stripper had arrived. And it was just like, like, yeah, the music when the stripper was there was upbeat because she had no idea what was going on. That's the music that she's going to get down to. But the music to them cleaning up blood and rolling up a body in a carpet just fell off to me and it really took me out of the intensity of the situation um whereas even with the stripper scene that that scene was kind of i won't i won't go as far as to say like super intense you could feel the adrenaline you could feel like you know, the stress from the characters because, hey, there's a dead body in the next room over and there's strippers just giving a lap dance. So I'll move on to my next dislike. Um, now that we're talking about the stripper scene, I felt like it was unnecessary. I like how it created a more intense adrenaline-driven mood, but I just feel like there were other ways to achieve that other than adding a sexual scene. I'm pretty sure Michael said that he had ordered a stripper. Um, And sure, you can say it's what guys do, you know, like when guys get together, whatever, whatever. But if we're talking specifically about like the plot itself, there could have been other ways of getting the emotional reaction that you wanted out of the audience rather than, you know, sexualizing this woman. And you know what? That's just, that's my personal opinion because I just want, I just want the over-sexualization of women to stop. The sexualization and the over-sexualization of women in movies, I want it to stop. Um, so that, and that's why I say that. So that's my bias. Yeah, that's, that's really all I have to say on the matter. I mean, you, you have 
Mark's girlfriend, ex-girlfriend, whatever she is, come in and, you know, be like, oh, like, you know, I, I'm trying, you don't want to spend time with me, but you want to spend time with your friends, da, 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 da. First of all, these are friends that apparently he hasn't seen in five years, and you're, you have a problem with him hanging out with his friends? Sounds like you have a problem. Like, he doesn't have a problem. Maybe it's good that y'all broke up. That's one way that I will, I will defend Mark in that, because she was acting really selfish and petty. But even that scene, you know, that was that before or after they killed Michael? I don't remember. But having her come and, you know, like kind of blow up and react the way that she did um, is is could elicit the same emotion and the same reaction from your audience that the stripper scene does. Now, with plot in mind. Moving on to my last dislike, um, I did feel like there were some inconsistencies with the plot. I, and some of this could just be me misinterpreting it or kind of like missing something that someone else caught. So definitely take it with a grain of salt. So when Mark and Peter are in the boat, Mark says, I never should have invited them or never should have invited you all, both of you talking about Michael and Peter. And I this caught me off guard because how is he the one who invited them? But he never once acted like he genuinely wanted them to be there. The only time that I felt like Mark was anticipating this arrival of Michael and, you know, the party or whatever, was in the very beginning when he was at work and he answered Michael's phone call. And he was like, oh, I, um, you know, that was Peter's job. Peter was supposed to pick you up, whatever, whatever. But even then he's like, I'm, at, I'm stuck at work, so I can't, you know, come hang out with you. If you invite someone to visit you, okay, this is what doesn't make sense to me. And this is like, I'm saying this not from a film standpoint, not from, this is just me as a person. How are you going to invite someone to come visit you? And you don't take the day off to pick them up from the airport and to spend time with them. You know, people understand that you have work. Sure. And you, but, you know, you can work throughout their visit, whatever. But like that first day and that last day where they have to leave, I feel like you should definitely, definitely take time off of work to greet them and to say goodbye to them. It's just a courtesy, especially if you invite them. So... When he said that at the very end, I'm like, invite, you invited them? You're the one who had them RSVP? And so between that and, you know, their friendship just didn't seem a very close friendship to invite them to visit you. Well, Peter lives in Berlin, you know, and that's one thing that also didn't make sense to me. I was like, if they were this close, if they were, you know, college buddies and they they stayed in touch all these years, but apparently Peter and Mark haven't spoken to each other or seen each other in forever. So I'm just like, I like, how did this come about? If I don't talk to someone for more than six months, I automatically assume that we're just not as close as we once were. It's, I just, you know, and maybe that's my toxic trait, but to invite someone to visit me who I have not spoken a word to or seen in over six months is just very strange. 
but maybe that's my personal like feeling and opinion everyone operates differently and i can't hold that against you those are the only few points that i really like noted under this dislike that i had um so i guess those are really the only ones that really truly stuck out to me now i will go through some of my favorite references that they made to other movies because i love this that's one of the things that i really really enjoy about um i mean this movie but also just the production of it because through their instagram you can see how much thought they put into making the movie so of course you all know i love my horror movies and you know that one of my top favorites is Halloween, the franchise Halloween. Um, and so there is a scene in Good Old Friends that's paying homage to the 1978 Halloween. And it's when Michael puts on the clown mask. And so the camera is from the perspective of Michael with the mask on, which is also very coincidental or ironic more more so than anything because it's paying homage to michael myers in in the mask with the you know the camera behind the mask and michael in good old friends is wearing the mask uh coincidence i i actually don't think so (laughs) it's definitely not one i would say one of the biggest kind of inspirations for good old friends from what it seems um is the hangover this is i would say this is probably a darker turn than the hangover but there are several shots uh within good old friends that are influenced by the hangover so when peter and mark are in the car that's paying homage to a scene of bradley cooper Zach Galifianakis and I can't even think of who that other person is um but of them in their car and when Michael Mark and Peter are walking down throughout the city with their alcohol that's paying homage to the hangover as well um and then the last little easter egg that I'll talk about is their tribute to quentin tarantino now each director has their own little signature style or frame or shot when you see it in a film you know that's quentin tarantino now nowadays of course people use those techniques or those shots or those frames to pay homage to those directors um but when you see them you're like that's quentin tarantino's like you know quentin tarantino inspired this right so quentin tarantino is known for his trunk shot the camera is angled looking up from the point of view from the point of view um, of the trunk. And so when the actors open the trunk, it's like they're looking down at us. And so that's his, that's what he's known for. He did it in Pulp Fiction and a few others, but they also do it in Good Old Friends as well. It's very fun to be able to watch a movie and have, you know, certain knowledge about the film industry and directors and cinematography and being like, oh, I recognize that or oh my gosh you know kind of like you know if you if you're an avid fan of the hangover and you watch good old friends 
then it's like yeah this feel this feels very familiar but with a darker twist if you're very familiar with quentin tarantino's work you'll be like mm, this feels very familiar just like that the you know paying homage to halloween i saw that i was like i know who that's from i recognize that um but yeah if you def if you want to see more of these little tributes that they've paid to um other loved movies definitely check out their instagram it will be in the show notes um and just you know you just scroll you see all of these different uh films that they've that they've posted and all of the different screenshots and behind the scenes of their movie as well so yeah um that's really all i have to say on the matter on letterbox i believe i rated it a seven and a half out of ten maybe um you can definitely fact check that by visiting my letterbox and following me while you're at it and yeah of course you know where to find me but if you need a reminder my instagram is the unbound cinefem pod twitter is the unbound cinefem and then my letterbox is avery c o f and you can find um the crew behind good old friends at good old friends period movie and that's on instagram um that's that's the only place that i follow them but they might have other social medias so definitely check them out you can watch this movie on prime video tubi youtube roku player apple tv and google play so definitely give it a try watch it i will say it's definitely a change from the movies that you will see in theaters but that does not make it any any less enjoyable at all so yeah i hope you enjoyed this episode and i hope you enjoy the film and i will catch you next episode